Just a quick warning, this episode contains explicit language. Viewer discretion is advised. Your time is everything. So why waste time fucking learning all this shit just to know it? You should be executing on what you're good at, what you are destined for. installment of the Perspective Podcast. I'm with my co-host Mitch Harley. My name is Devin and today we have Michael on and we are going to be diving into social media marketing, millennials and aliens. I don't know where, don't yes, know where this friends. is going to go, but that's right. <laughs> so Let's I so Michael, I got I got a question for you because this is something that I, I I'm commonly faced with. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've kind of figured out a way for myself to communicate it, but I'd love to get your perspective on this. So most of these people who are, you know, starting businesses or running businesses or have been in business for decades, um, the world of social media is kind of a scary thing. They are worried about what they're, what they look like and how to present themselves. And especially the older generations, they come from a place where you really have to protect that, you know, that brand and that image and what you say and what you don't say. So it's a lot of vanilla stuff out there. Um, so what they end up doing is starting a Facebook page, inviting like 20 of their friends. And then um, Facebook gives them their tooth or their uh, cinnamon bun on a toothpick and says, hey, do you want to boost this post? <laughs> then they boost the post and they go, you know what? Facebook marketing doesn't work. This doesn't fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss, but I just did. So you might have to bleep a lot. today. We just okay? we just cracked the egg. There it is. Okay. <laughs> so what's your take on that? How do you how do you approach um, somebody with that perspective? Well, I think the fact of the matter is, is Facebook's designed to make money for themselves. Okay. So yeah, they want to make it extremely accessible to you to boost your posts. Cause let's face it, unless you're doing a giveaway, some form of growth hack that the algorithm hasn't already penalized, you need to do paid ads. You need to boost, you need to run actual ads. That's the way it goes. Unless you're already established in the in the marketplace as a brand, a lot of people are really struggling to, to break into it. And, you know, I've been there too. I'm still, I'm on the ladder. I'm climbing up too with everyone. You know what I'm saying? But the fact is you've got to pay for traffic these days. You've got to pay for views these days. Unfortunately, unless you're, you know, the algorithm wants to be like, Hey, you got a viral video today. Uh, we're going to get you, uh, you know, everybody looking at your post. And then you get some, you know, page likes, you get followers, whatever. But how do you keep it consistent is like the, the true question, I feel, because I mean, anybody and their dog can go hit boost. And then they come back to us marketers like yourself, myself, they're like Facebook marketing, I already tried it. It doesn't work, I, you know, and I'm like, well, do you have you run ads? They're like, oh, yeah, I've run ads. I'm like, you mean like actual like sponsored by posts or you mean just boosts? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, boost button. Okay, like there's a big difference, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Versus it's like doing winning the lottery yeah. versus building wealth. Yeah. What is big, the there's a big difference between those two things. Can you explain the difference between a boost and a paid ad? <clears throat> well, here's the thing, uh, you know, and they're getting better at this. They are, but when you're boosting, you literally it's 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 a very small, like more uh, generalized targeted audience that you're able to to target. Versus when you go in the back end, like Facebook ads manager, 
you have a lot more tools at your disposal to be able to, to, you know, build out audiences that you never, you never could do like just boosting. And, and the problem is a lot of people are just, they're assuming that if I pay money, I'm going to get good leads. And that's just not how it is. You have to filter through a lot of shit in order to get the gold. You know what I'm saying? You got to go through a lot of coal to get, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so you have to consider the fact that you are running as an ads expert and specialist. I know on the back end of Facebook that there are so many things you can do that will actually get you results versus just trying to boost and just get general views on a video or general, uh, you know, engagement. You know what I'm saying? Because after you stop posting and after you, excuse me, after you stop, you know, the, the ad money's gone after the boost so many days, then you're back to square one. You got no engagement. You got nothing. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're building a process and you're building a brand and consistency that Facebook actually starts to value you more, you know? And I don't know if you guys, you know, uh, want to get into this or not, but uh, the value of a Facebook user um, is it's getting more expensive. It is. I mean, Google ads are very expensive. They're the king. Everyone's doing Google ads, or at least the bigger companies are. Uh, it's kind of the shortcut to SEO. You know what I'm saying? Um, in my, that's what I call it, the shortcut to SEO. Um, but Google works. But Facebook, man, like Facebook is the single best way to get the cheapest cost per lead, like if you're doing like ad campaigns versus Google, hands down. And that's why I encourage so many people to consider it, but don't just blow your money on it. Like do some testing, do some, do some small incremental things. You know what I'm saying? Go, go ahead, Mitch. Because boosting, um, and, and I think for a lot of people that are listening to this too, like they're, they kind of just, they only know what they've seen. Yeah. Right. So when you boost, and you say, hey, I want a $25 boost because I also, they'll match my credit for the first time or whatever. But that's yeah, only yeah. per day, right? So yeah. if you're into that, it's like, it becomes like a subscription yeah, where yeah. if you want to meet that 30, 60, 100, 200 leads that they're promising you for that amount of money, you have to continue paying that each day. Well, at the end of a week, you're, you're now $150, $200 in when you could have taken that $200 and put it into the ads manager. and done a much more, maybe not bigger reach, but more refined reach refined, right? because exactly. you have more control. Yes. And, right? precision, and that's where the misconception comes yeah. in. Precision is so much more valuable than just general chaos. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they also, I don't know, they had, a, they had the feature where, you know, do you want to run this daily or do you want to like use up all of your budget as, as quickly as possible? Right. You see, you know, as a, and even uh, Jordan Belfort, I follow Jordan Belfort. Uh, he was even talking about this. He was like, yeah, do not hit that button. <laughs> He's like, or use up your budget as quickly as possible. Like, do not do that. That was a mistake, right? And there's a reason for that. And, and you know, of course, again, Facebook. Facebook's a free platform, okay? And the reason it's free is because they're making shitloads of money with paid ads and getting us to help customers with it or you boosting your own posts right and so the thing about it arbitrage is, is is what it is right it's like yeah these people are on that platform they're in that space and so 
Facebook can get you to pay them money to uh, use that space for a function like advertising or marketing, right? Now, my opinion is this. I value Facebook. So everyone has a priority list, right? With clients and different things like that. <clears throat> if you are a, let's say you're a roofer or something. I work with a lot of roofers and, and contractors. That's kind of the niche I like to work with. I work with a lot of other people as well. But uh, the fact of the matter is, why do I do that? Well, because it makes more sense for them to do ads because they have a higher ROI potential, right? So if they're getting a roof job and they're doing commercial, let's say, and the roof's at $100,000, they get paid and that's their profit. Or if even if it's 75000 right? And let's say they spent 10000 on ads that month. That's an insane fucking ROI to get the customer, right? It's insane, right? Whereas if you are a smaller business, say a restaurant, restaurants are already extremely tight on budget, right? So to do, you know, ads for like a restaurant on a shoestring budget, you know, yes, you can get it done and it works. But in terms of, are they happy at the end of the day? Maybe not because they, A, maybe barely went above positive or they broke even, right? But if you have, you know, I feel that Facebook ads is not for everyone. And I'll just say that. And there's marketers out there who are going to be like, everyone should be doing it. No, the fuck you shouldn't because it can absolutely drain your wallet and it can absolutely make you just completely lose faith in marketing. First of all, because you have to know, know thyself, right? Know your business model, know how many customers is it going to take for you to break even that month or, or go above that. How many, uh, you know, how many deals do I need in order for this to be worth it to me, right? And so when we try to take an onboard a client, we look at all that first because we're looking for actual long-term relationships with customers. We don't want one month and that's it. Like that's why that's, and you, I'm sure you've, you've experienced this too, okay? Where people are like, marketing agencies are the fucking scum of the earth, those rat bastards. You know what I'm saying? And it's because- <laughs> They had a horrible experience and it's because people are not looking at the big picture. They just want the coin easily. There's and a lot of terrible roofers out there too. Exactly. That doesn't mean all roofing. I come from the roofing world. So right. I, I relate very well to what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? And then exactly. that even more is why, again, I value while well, I was trying to talk about the, to get back to the priority list. When I work with a client, I'm like, Hey, do you have a Facebook page? Right. If you don't, Let's fix that. If you do, let's enhance that, amplify that. Because if you're not on YouTube, right? People are on Facebook, right? When they're most of the time. And now TikTok has creeped this way in very, very much, right? Which is great. But for like, when you're looking for like a business to do business with, a lot of times people will go look at the review section on a Facebook page, right? Or they'll go to YouTube and they'll see if there is any reviews, things like that, or Google, right? Um, so the thing about it is Facebook is incredible because the cost per lead is a lot lower than Google when running ads. And secondly, you start doing the right kind of ads and you get the engagement and the comments. And by, for people who don't know engagement, engagement is basically people like reacting to your post, whether they're liking it, disliking it, uh, commenting and things like that. If you have a successful ad, you're going to have a lot of comments and a lot of likes on it. And that then they, that actually is social proof for other customers to be like, huh, so Billy Bob said that they just had their roof done by so-and-so last week and they were amazed by it. 
Well, that just made them feel a little more secure, right? Because they're like, a lot of roofers are they're crooks, a lot of them. And that's just the way it is. I mean, my family's experienced it. Like I've, you know, you had a roof put on like a year and then like $5,000 later, uh, you know, oh, you need a new roof. And then it's not under warranty. They didn't do a right install, blah, 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 blah. And it's, people are scared. They're scared. They're scared. And so how do you, as a marketer, take that knowledge and know for each industry, what, what is people's pain points and what are they afraid of and why will they do business or why will they not do business with you? Right. And so for roofing, a lot of it is, you know, you have to build a presence, a credibility. You need to show proof. Hey, this is like before and after, you know, hey, this is the owner of the company. They've been in business X, Y, Z amount of time. This is what they do. If something doesn't work out, this is how they fix it for you. Right. So a lot of it to get back to the point about Facebook is the fact that you can do things at a cheaper level. But also in a more valuable level, because let's face it, if you let's do let's say Google PPC, right? Google PPC, you, you know, for those of you who don't know, you, you know, one of the versions of it anyway, you can do a vast you know amount of versions of doing this, where you will see at the top of a Google search, you'll see the word "ad" in a little symbol, and it'll be like so and so's roofing, and it's like get ten percent off of roofing, uh, you know, repair or whatever, right? Well, they basically there's no face there. There's just words, right? So then you have to go click on that. And if they have a good website, then there's a chance that you might want them to work with you, right? But if they don't, and it just looks kind of sketch, or it's like, not a lot of information, or maybe too much information, you're overwhelmed, you lost that opportunity. And then as the roofing company who paid for that, right, you paid a lot of money for that click most, most of the time. Right. So the thing with Facebook is the ability to have, hey, video being on video, showing either video result, uh, video story about the company, et cetera. Right. That's so valuable. And and that's something a lot of people who even aren't business owners could start utilizing the boost. But, you know, more efficiently is is the post you boosted even fucking good or is it shit to begin with? Was it shit? Because if it's shit on a small level, when you put money into it, it's going to be shit on a big level. And then you're going to not have the result you wanted. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for those businesses um, that have been introduced to this world and and maybe, yeah, they they took the, you know, cinnamon bun toothpick and and had a taste test. I love love that analogy. They didn't get the result that they were looking for. Here's the problem with that is, is when you look at the way the Facebook ads manager works, they have right off the, from the very beginning, three categories of your objectives. The first category is, do you just want to reach people? And there's a couple of options for that. The next one is, is um, do you want to engage with them in some way? And there are several options there. And yep, then the last exactly. one is, is like, do you want them to take an action? And that's kind of the conversion part of your campaign. Yep. And there's a reason why they have it separated like that. When you boost a post though, What's happening is, is you're telling Facebook to automatically select one of those things. You don't even know which one it is. I do, you do, because we're in this space. Yeah. It, it, really, the only thing that you're asking Facebook to do is get you engagement on said post. So that just means somebody can like it. They'll comment on it. They'll share it. Those are kind of the top three things. Yeah. And that's most of the time what happens 
is because the algorithm already knows what's better off for you to do to get that engagement. Right. And that's it. So did you post something (laughs) that was shareable? Did you post something that asked for some kind of comment? Did you post for something that asked for a like or a heart or a mad face? What, what is in that post? And this is where the content becomes a, a really important part of it in communicating your brand messaging. I think of it in terms of a big brand with lots of money. I'm talking about millions of dollars a year on ads. They've really, really dialed in uh, their KPI, their customer acquisition cost, and then what they make on the back end of that. And this is really important for any business to understand. Exactly. What is it? What do I have to spend to get a customer? Then what do I have to spend to serve that customer? And then what's left over for me and the business. Once you got those three things figured out, if you can spend uh, $1 here in this section and make $2 here in this section, you're profitable every single time. This is the, the biggest ROI investment you could ever make in anything in your entire life is being able to spend $1 and literally double it. So exactly. if you don't have a, a, a structure in place, a system in place to onboard customers, first of all, there is a reach campaign. You have to find out who's interested in you. And you exactly. might not think just because let's say you're, a, uh, I don't know, a hockey store and you go to Facebook and you use the ads manager and you're like, look up people in my area who have an interest in hockey. That might not be it. That might not be the group of people that are going to interact with you. Think of it like this. Um, a hockey mom. She doesn't care about hockey. She's got kids that care about hockey. She has, she's a parent. Exactly. Right. And so now you have to target her with a different metric. You can't yep. target her with hockey. You get to target her with, you know, parent stuff and, and doing that reach campaign uncovers that really important information. And then you can start running some kind of call to action thing where you get them to engage with your page and your brand in some meaningful way. And this is like a a micro commitment. Hey, you know, like our page or follow us for updates on cool stuff for your hockey kid. And that now you have some engagement. And then once you build that rapport with that person, there's that social proof, that evidence that's happening. You can move into that final stage, which is, hey, we got a deal right now on hockey pads, 10% off. Uh, come check out our store and that, but most people go straight for the kill. And, and also the kid is, if they're, if it's like a hockey mom, the kid's not the one with money. It's her. Right, he ain't making the decision. You know what I'm saying? Or if yeah. he's got money, he's, he's not, he's spending it to go on a date. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not hockey pads. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. He's got flowers and promise mm-hmm. rings to buy. <laughs> and also, oh, oh, please. Okay. Please don't get me on the Jonas Brothers South Park episode, okay? About oh, the, no. about the purity ring, okay? Don't don't <laughs> let me get there, okay? <laughs> so not so, about the purity ring, huh? I, th- I think <laughs> I think what some businesses do, and, and I I see this a lot because so much of my background is was is contracting, uh, roofing, and siding, building envelope, insulating, and and I see that type of business developing, and they think, oh, in order to get people's attention. I have to give them some sort of sale and call it something. And it, yeah, yeah, that that deal when they don't really bring any value to the table. We'll talk about retail kind of more in a minute, but from yeah. a service related construction part of it, especially with the roofing, how do you combat that? Because I don't always think that's the best thing to do. People, yes, they're looking for a, a good service, but they don't they don't want to just go to the cheapest guy out there. They want to feel like they're gaining something from it. How do you to bring that to your clients, say the, the customers don't always just want 10% off. Exactly. Michael, before you go, I'm just going to caveat this with one thing. Yeah. Free quotes 
are not attractive. They're not attractive anymore. You're like free quotes. We all caught on to it as like consumers. We get it. We're asking you to come into our house to sell us. And we don't like that. So a free quote, that's not, that's not attractive. That's not a good lead magnet. It's almost kind of like distrust. You know what I mean? You're already kind of like putting that out there. Yeah. It's the opposite. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and secondly, I think that a lot of the times it's not always about the cheapest price because what is, what comes with cheap? When you go to the dollar store, when you were a kid and you got a cheap piece of plastic for a dollar, how long did that last? Right. How long did that last? And so many people. A dollar's worth of disappointment. Right. And you're, you know, you're crying. Oh, big please. And then you got to go buy three more or two, you know, you buy another one versus conveyance of value and conveyance of quality. And the problem is the market wants what the market wants. Okay. And the thing about it is too, if I just would say this, a lot of marketers are having a really hard time keeping clients or getting them right. And the thing about it is retention. Let's say, let's talk about retention. So basically we're in a society now where people want instant gratification instantly. That's why it's called instant gratification. So you, the, it, it's, a, it's the job of the marketer or the whoever's, you know, whatever business you're in to convey to your customer that this is going to take time and investment. This is not a one time you're freaking rich the next moment we run an ad. Like it's like, there's a process behind it. And so it's the marketer's job to, to instill this in them, right? That this is going to be an investment. This is not a cost. This is an investment because if you quit with me, you're going to go hire someone else anyway. And if I know what I'm doing because of the proof on my website or my testimonials, or whatever, then you need to stick a little longer and see the process because everybody wants the fat burner pill. They want the six pack abs in two weeks. Okay. Everybody's doing the 90 day fitness. If you're 400 pounds, you did not get six pack abs in 90 days. Right. So it's like, unless you're, I mean, maybe David Goggins could, David Goggins could do anything. Okay. Let's be real. And I think so he might've even, he might've even done it, but he's an anomaly. Okay. But my point is that lottery effect. Yeah. My point is like the problem is fact that marketing and sales run the world. We run it brother, brothers, both of you sales and marketing run it. And it ain't even about if we're in marketing or not, you turn on the TV, you're being marketed. You turn on the radio, you're being marketed. You listen to some influencer talk about this great hairspray they got. You are being marketed. And so for anyone who thinks they're not, they're living in a dream because you drive down the street. What do you see? A billboard. Okay. And then sales, sales and marketing make the world go round. Okay. And the fact of the matter is, is when you are, you know, the problem is marketers have actually sabotaged themselves because we've got stuff like, I don't know, I don't want to name any names, but there are programs out there who will say you will become a 10, you know, six figure agency or whatever in one month or 30 days, 90 days, whatever. And then when the people realize just how fucking hard it is to even talk to people, 
they give up and they're like, this is bullshit. Right. And then there's the same customers who are trying to hire a marketer who were like, you know, I saw an ad on Instagram that I could make 10,000 a month if I did Facebook ads and I'm not. So you're fired. Right. That's, that is a false sense of reality. And that is what we're dealing with. And that's what everyone's up against. Right. And so I feel that in order, this is for sales too, not just marketing. <clears throat> I feel that for the world of sales and marketing to truly get the money it deserves and to help the people it needs to help, it needs to be much more transparent on the front end. And, and that is the thing, because when you see that ad, when you're like, I could make $10,000 a month if I hire a marketing agency for doing one campaign they have a false sense of reality here, but then the next guy they talk to has got to come up with a way to either A, lie to them to tell them that they can do it, or B, they try and they fail miserably. And then that customer is now like, marketing's bullshit and all your agencies are the same, right? I'm sure you've dealt with the same thing, Devin. You know what I mean? Yep. And so uh, there's a, the retainer model versus the results oriented model. And this is the one thing that I struggled with um, in the early stages of what we were doing. Uh, we only had a retainer model based um, approach to it. We were saying um, there's a cost for the services. We have people on the team. We got to pay. We got to spend the, you know, the, the, the media buy and all that other stuff. So here's a lump sum package. This is how much it's going to cost. Uh, take it or leave it. That's kind of where we were at. And then funny enough, <laughs> you know, it's been suggested to me over and over and over again. And I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it, but let's give it a shot. So we went with the results-based testing and, and, and here's what happened to me. I said, well, listen, uh, what's your, you know, ad spend budget. Uh, and let's, let's see what that is. Okay. So we got a thousand dollars a month that we can throw at ads. We've been doing print. We did radio we've tried some social media. It's not working. Maybe some Google PVC, whatever. Okay, cool. A thousand bucks a month. I know exactly what to do with that. I'll spread it out. Here's what we're going to do. And um, this is the result that we can expect in that in this period of time. And uh, moving forward with that, uh, we'd like to take 15% of what we get as a direct result from from our efforts. And they're going, Oh, oh, no, I don't want to pay you $15,000. Because that's what you're going to get. It's like, but uh, do you I'll know go how back to the 5,000, right? And and so yeah. I, it was this weird switchover. When I went to that, listen, I believe in my product enough that if I do this and, and I get this result, I make 15% of that and it's worth 10 grand to us. Or you can just pay five grand up front. What do you want? And and so much of them are like, oh, you know what? We were thinking more of the retainer thing. Like maybe let's exactly. stick to this. And it, so people, and what honestly, people say man, what they want and what they actually do are you. so different. It's safer for you though. If you do the retainer model, because if you right. think about it, there's no telling how many people will just, you know, they declare bankruptcy after they buy a new car or whatever, right? you know, stuff like that. So it's yeah. the same kind of concept is like, you know, who's to say they'll even give you your money and then you spent the man hours and I'm not, and, and I believe people are good, yeah. but I also believe in reality, right? So what, it, what is it going to take to get a result for them and also make sure that you are happy as the, as the service provider, because if right. you're not happy and you are scraping your ass to get any money and you are literally taking mega losses, do you really think you're going to make a good service for that customer? Do you think that they're really going to get the results they could have had? This is why I don't do discounts for anybody. 
And it, yeah. that's the worst thing. So I know, I know what it's worth, right? I know that I, given the opportunity, I can help a business make a lot of money. And then for me to have to go through all the headaches of trying to get whatever my uh, portion of that is, it's just, it's just not worth it. And so if I have to also give you a discount and now I'm working for 10% less than what my perceived value is, do you think I'm showing up the full hundred percent or, or maybe just 90? Exactly. Well, and, right. and, and I would, I would believe that you would show up with the full 110 actually. Right. I, a man of integrity. But, that's exactly what I would do, but you know, I'm not going to be happy yeah. about it. Yeah. But, <laughs> and the thing about it is, well, the thing about it is too, is, you know, at the end of the day, if you say yes, you own that shit. You took it for 10% less and you provide them fucking amazing service. Right. But the problem is, is everybody, not everybody, I don't want to be, I don't want to be over general, but a majority of people, they are just conditioned through middle-class America thinking and poverty mentality that they need a deal always. Right. Because they cannot pay anything for its face value because they were told by their pappy or whoever <laughs> that they better get the best deal. Thanks, well, boomers. In, well, you know, you know that that's a great <clears throat> that's a great segue because um because of you marketers you marketers, so the, right. you marketers um so when you go to up, up here we have we have a furniture store called the brick and uh they have american affiliates too and i, I can't remember their brands but basically a, a big big mattress and and furniture electronics appliances and they they have every day it's a sale 365 days a year to sell some days they have bigger sales some days they have smaller sales but you go into their mattress department and, and you look at a king size bed and the sticker price on that is like, I don't know, a million dollars. You got Drake's mattress. If you pay in a million dollars, <laughs> no, no, but here's, okay. here's the beauty. Here's the beauty. I'm getting a million dollar mattress. Yeah. Whatever it is. $7,000, $10,000. Don't cheapen yourself. A million. It is no million dollar mattress. That's what I'm looking at. But okay. guess what? New funnel. Guess, New guess funnel. what? This mattress is on sale today. Yeah. Really? The $7,000 mattress? I can get, you know, we're, we're 40% off. Do you know 40% off is the daily standard at that store? Like, they've just inflated their prices. They, yeah. they, they inflated their prices from the beginning and marketed it. And then when they do have a sale, they're getting regular price anyway. The mat, and that's just, I, I pick on the brick because I, I work. There's a lot of industries like that, though. But the mattress industry is is famous for that, is making people think that they're getting a deal. And maybe sometimes they are, you know, they're, they're one spring sale or whatever. Hey, brother, but, if there's no bed bugs, you got a deal. Okay. Yeah. There's no bed bugs. You're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but no, it's, they've done that. And that's, I pick on them, but a lot of industries do that is they just have, an inflated price that you would never pay. If anyone pays that they're laughing, right? Because it's like, I can't believe they paid $8,000 for this thing when, cause on the regular people are paying 4,500, but it was on sale. It was on this sale. This is the effect of perception. There, the, yeah. Remember we talked about this before, about how Costco puts the diamonds and the $5,000 TVs at the door. Then after that, everything looks like you're getting a deal. So there was a case study in a book that this I read. This is psychology, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, the sales psychology like and the marketing psychology goes deep. Yeah, so uh, I think it's called Persuasion. I can't remember the author right now, but go look that up if you really want to dive deeper into this. But one of the case studies that uh, that he unraveled was um, a, a furniture store that was selling all of their furniture online. 
they split tested two different landing screens. So when they were sending traffic to the website, one landing screen would pop up for this group, group A, one landing uh, page would pop up with this, our uh, group B. So group A, um, it was like stacks of coins and pennies and things like that. That was the background. Right. The other group of people were shown like clouds and fluffy things and luxurious things. Now, a really funny thing happened with these two groups of people. Group A, when they started looking at the product, sorted everything by price and looked for the lowest price things. Group B sorted things by user rating and looked for the highest ratings of something. So we're being influenced without us even knowing we're being influenced. And it's happening everywhere you go, whether you like to admit it or not. The, the, like simply the act of walking into a mall and smelling the cinnamon buns down the hallway. Like they did that on purpose. You don't smell the Chinese food. No, nope. you know what I'm saying? You smell the cinnamon buns because they caught on to something that maybe the, you know, the Chinese food chain didn't figure out just yet. And that's, we're driven a lot by our emotions and our senses. So when we take these, um, the, the psychology principles and we bring it into the marketing world, you got to think if you're just boosting a post and all it said was like 10% off today, are you really checking off all the boxes? And then when, when somebody clicks on that thing, where are they going? Exactly. What's happening after that? So, okay. So Michael, oh. what, what do you do to set up a system uh, functionally just so that we kind of like whoever's listening and watching this can just see the depth and degree in which, you know, guys like us and, and the marketers of the world go to at least the good ones. Cause I know there's some guys watch like 10 YouTube videos and they're out here trying to get clients. <laughs> well, that, that's, and before you start, this is just a preface to what this is going to do for our audience is okay. this is the difference between just hiring the marketer down the street and hiring a marketer that's going to grow your business, right? Because anyone can say, Oh, this is how Google works, or this is how Facebook works and do it. But what this is going to dive into is it's not just about knowing the buttons to click. I can teach myself how to use <coughs> Facebook manager. That's that, I can do that. I have that ability, right? But unless you understand people and you understand yes. what you're boosting, what you're managing, it's, it's not just about using the social media platforms, you know, mechanically. Exactly. This is where the proper marketing agency brings its value. So now you can go ahead because you yeah. better, I just, I just pumped you up. You better like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, down. think about this. So there's industries out there. Now marketing could be the next one to go. You know, you, you said you were going to talk about real retail possibly. Well, so in terms of retail's dying, right? So online is the future and it's the now, you know, not just the future it's happens now. Right. Uh, I look at, Ty Lopez, he's one of my, you know, I like to consider a mentor. He is buying up businesses right now. Like, uh, bet, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, man, I'm trying to think what is his name. Pier bet one. Yeah. Beyond? Pier one. He bought Pier one. Okay. I went to that store all the time. Okay. And now he's turning it into online uh, focus. Right. Now, what I'm getting to is the fact that <clears throat> some people, they need to realize that you know, marketing could be the next phase out, right? We could be phased out by AI robots. They already have algorithm, all that. There's already machine learning, AI. There's like websites.ai, uh, websites whatever, that they'll, they'll, they'll do your marketing for you and they'll release your post at the perfect exact metric time and blah, blah, blah. But robots, 
may not fully understand yet. It could could come to time, okay? But the human psychology, right? And the need for to be liked, the need to be wanted, the need to be approved of, and how as how as a marketer can we convey that to a customer depending on what product, whatever service, right? So, for example, <clears throat> if you're a clothing line, you need to present it in a way that is attractive to buy your clothing. Like there's companies like, uh, you know, Fabletics or whatever for women, like the, the leggings, whatever, like they present themselves in such a way that it seems very appealing and attractive to a woman to want to wear them. You know what I'm saying? Nike has a way of attracting us men to want to wear Nike swag. You know what I'm saying? And, and for whatever reason, and if you're into UFC, I, I like UFC. Okay. Like, uh, a lot of guys, they've never set foot in a dojo or, you know, a jujitsu or anything like that, uh, you know, ring, but they want to wear the merch because why? Because it's, pr- it's a presentation and it's a representation and a perception, as you said, that you're tough. I belong you- to this tribe, right? <clears throat> it's tribe yeah. mentality. It goes back to psychology, human conditioning, right? As well. So how as a marketer can now... To answer the question, I hope I'm, I'm trying to answer it, but the the fact is, what's the difference between a regular, you know, regular person who's not a skilled marketer? Um, they're great at other things, but not maybe not marketing. It's not their thing. How can they get better? Well, it's about being, it's about knowing your industry and knowing the people's pain point in that industry. Or if it's not about pain, it's about pleasure because it's either pain or it's pleasure. If they want to look better, if they're a fitness industry, okay, you're prying at the pain point that they are out of shape and that they could be doing so much better and that the woman at the bar might look at them a different way if they had a different body. You're pain pointing. But then the pleasure is like, if you, once you get there, you're going to be feeling 10 times amazing, more amazing. Your, your confidence is going to be so all through the roof. Like you're going to, you're going to get the woman of your dreams, like whatever, you know, I'm being extreme, but this is not that extreme. This is the way it's presented on television. This is the way it's presented on movies, on ads. So the, to know your audience is the biggest thing. Who are you marketing to? Who are you as a business owner? Who are your customers? Because by now, if you've had any sales, you should know, okay, my customers are between 40 and 55. Okay, what do 40 and 55 people start thinking about? They start thinking about retirement. Maybe I should run an ad towards targeting people like that. You know what I'm saying? Just different stuff like that is like just breaking it down at the root of what is my customer need? What is my customer? What are their pain points? What do they like? Um, you know, how can I serve them? How can I make my brand more appealing to them? Right. And so basically it's about psychology. So yes, you can be mechanically perfect. And there are people that are, who are mechanically perfect at doing an ad exactly perfect, but there's a, there's plenty of other ads that are not that great, but they have a sick engagement, Right. It may have not been run with the best CPM in mind or, you know, CPL or any of that, you know, but it's got insane engagement and people are like pissed. 
they're like, ah, this guy, or in their, but emotion, you convince, see, some people get very scared when they see an ad, right? And they have hate comments on it. They get so scared. But then I say, yes, we've done it. We fucking did it because we pissed them off. And that's an emotion. And how do, how do a lot of people buy when they're in an emotional state, right? That also means that we got to them a little bit so that they start thinking maybe, maybe this ad they're not going to buy. But maybe the next three ads we serve, they're going to be like, hmm, maybe I could get this. Maybe I could get this program. And if, and if I got this program, maybe I'd get this feeling. Maybe I would get the satisfaction that I need. And so you, as a marketer, to, to try to break down like a person's will takes time. And it takes time to not even just break down their will, but it's about, because that, that sounds a little weird. But what the I'm resistance. saying is, you try to break the resistance. It's resistance, right? And it's, it's also, you know, uh, Jordan Belfort likes to mention like uh, action threshold, which is like how, how you know, how, uh, how likely are you to buy? Are you an easy sell? Are you a very difficult sell? And nowadays <clears throat> with the internet and 10 million ads and 10 million YouTube videos and all this stuff that you can see within seconds <laughs> or, you know, the minutes, you have so much data at your hand now. So now people have so much data. So no one is so very, very hard to get anyone to make decision without looking first at 70 testimonials or, you know, 10, you know, uh, different case studies because there's too much fucking information. Right. So what are you going to do to sway, to persuade them? Cause let's be very real. Sales happens when you persuade someone to buy. It doesn't happen any other way. If you are a roofer and you lost all your fucking nails and your drill and everything in a storm and it's fucking gone, who are you going to be trying to get to help you? Insurance company, right? And you're going to try to also, after you get your insurance money, hopefully, hopefully, you are going to go to the store and you're going to buy your shit back, okay? So you have a need, right? But there's also 10 other stores, 50 other stores. And now we have Amazon Prime over here, two-day shipping. And you've got 10 hey. different drills to pick from. You, you have, have all 10 these different brands from. of nails to pick from. Exactly. And what, how are you going to make that decision? See, I, yes. here's the crazy thing. I always yeah. say, um, Mitch, you probably remember this. Tim Hortons never asks you to buy a cup of coffee. Instead, what they do is they show the hockey mom that wakes up at 3, 4.30 in the morning, gets the bag ready, loads the kids in the car. You can tell she's tired. And then all of a sudden, she pulls up to this magic red glowing building and a coffee's handed to her through the window. And then there she is at the ice watching her kids just in love with this you know, situation. And she, she's just holding that nice little mug of Tim Hortons. Nowhere in there to say, buy Tim Hortons coffee for 10% off. That never happened. Yeah. Instead, what happened was it was it was creating a situation where there was an emotion. It was relatable. It was like, I that's me. I'm that person. I'm the hockey mom that wakes up and wants to be in. And I want that coffee. And the same thing now, vice versa with with Starbucks. Starbucks oh, never asks you to buy. You a cup must of have got 
my you must have got my brainwave because I was right? going to talk about them. I swear I was going to talk about them. I Go love ahead. the idea of burying um, the the persuasion and the marketing message and the advertising inside something that's not an ad. And and this is why when you're driving down the road, you may see a billboard, but you're ignoring it. And that's because your brain has been programmed now to ignore those things. Unless there's that something completely and absolutely perfect timing, right place, right time, right mood, all that other stuff, which again, lottery hit. Uh, you're not taking any action on that. The same thing now happens with flyers. I don't look for flyers in my mailbox. They get thrown out. They get recycled. Like I don't even care what's on them. I don't care that I can get two boxes of pizza for $20. I can find that deal on skip when I need pizza. And so that goes to show like where people's attentions are. Now let's take that onto social media. When I'm scrolling on social media, I immediately recognize an ad immediately because yep. it is an advertisement. They are advertising mm -hmm. a thing and it's not for me. And it's so straight and blunt and to the point. Um, the, the, a perfect example, this is in play was uh, uh, a few years back. They did a promotion for J a James Bond movie and Coca-Cola teamed up with them. And here's what happened. Random people were walking up to a Coca-Cola machine to buy a Coke. And when they pushed the button, a big TV screen that was embedded into the Coke thing came on and started and then just like had this announcement and a countdown timer started and said, if you, if you want to complete the mission and win, I don't know what it was, $10,000, uh, you have to get to platform seven in 60 seconds. <laughs> and so the people are standing there like, shit, is this real? And, and they take off running. Some of them, they're right on board. They're in it. And so here's this guy now. He's on a mission. He's, you know, briskly jogging. He thinks he can make it to platform seven in 60 seconds. No problem. But here's what happens. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, these construction workers walk through carrying like a giant piece of plywood. And you can't get by it. And so now he's like faced with this like cliche movie challenge. And okay, he gets by that and he goes up the escalator and there's two people like jogging on the escalator the wrong way. And so now he has to like try and get into them. And then and when he oh gets to God. the top of that, there's like this beautiful woman in a red dress. that's like, oh, hey, I recognize you and we should stop and have a chat. And he has got to ignore that and carry on. And so he's a oh part of this God. mission now. And that was the whole video. And, and then he gets to the end and there's a band playing the James Bond theme song. And there, you know, a few people celebrate and clap for him because, you know, he, he accomplished this mission. It was really cool, but and it was shoot just him dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was all a kind of like candid camera behind the scenes shot. And that's the advertisement. Now tell me that is not an incredible piece of content to watch. I'm watching that thing all the way through. I know I'm being advertised to. I know James Bond movie and Coca-Cola are telling me about James Bond movie and Coca-Cola, but they're doing it in, in a way that brings value to me as the Invitation. end person who has to endure this shitty content. So if you're a business and you're doing marketing and you're doing advertising, I don't care if you've got a $10 budget or a $10 million budget. You've got to ask yourself, am I putting in that much effort to build a relationship with a customer, to bring that customer in, to attract them in. And I really love this one, to inspire them mm -hmm. to join us in what we're doing to make the world a better place, whether that's a product or a service or whatever. Are you inspiring them to take some kind of an action? Here's, yes. here's an example I'm going to throw at you guys and you guys can see what you think. So when because we're all the same age, uh, we all grew up with a movie called Space Jam. And what was that? Space, Space Jam. Jam. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Right, MJ. Yeah, first time guys ever got turned on by cartoon, you know, looting tune checks. So anyway, they um, 
I just go. Hey, hold on. Are we just going to glaze over that? I just go what he said. Uh, you know it. No, you I have know. never. If Sailor Moon was in that show, you'd be all over it. I am a man of integrity. (laughs) So every that wasn't an amazing movie, right? We we don't look back and compare it to like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but but it was kind of iconic. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, you know it was it was just iconic. And now we've got another Space Jam coming out. Yep. And you know there are lots of opinions on that. Who's in it? Why he's doing it? You know the whole rebranding Michael Jordan type thing. But what's really cool is nobody that you talk to about this movie that's coming out is going is like, man, it's going to be so awesome. Nobody's saying that. But why is it going to be a hit? So part of the reason is places like McDonald's, when a new movie comes out, what does McDonald's do? Put out toys. And they bring toys. Now, with Space Jam, they just didn't bring out toys. This is something that they did that was very cool because they're not going after the parents because the parents being us. We we're not going to run out to see Space Jam, but our kids will. Yep. And why we have to bring their little selves to the theater because they need a ride, (laughs) but they (laughs) go and get a happy meal. I don't know. Elon Musk might find a way to fix that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, whatever. Kid, kid Uber, my next thing. Um, Automated car, you know, they buy a, uh, they buy a kid's pack, happy meal, happy meal. There's a branding. Yep. And then, but they just don't get a toy. What they get is a box that turns into a basketball hoop that you put your sauce under, and then you dunk your nugget into the sauce. So now you are not just playing with a toy from the movie. You are in the movie. You are part of that basketball team. You are going to play with LeBron James through your Happy Meal. And you're now incorporating psychology of food. Which is a huge stronghold for many people in America. Okay. Well, let's not and forget the branding and the happy meal. You know, everywhere else you go, it's a kid's meal. It's a happy meal there. Why did so, McDonald's attach their meal with an emotion? Bro, y'all are reading my fucking mind. Like, I fucking love it. <laughs> the crazy thing about so this, this is bringing yeah. marketing, sales, and, and psychology kind of and all branding, in one. And branding. And, and branding. And what's amazing about this, and I've I've kind of ranted to Devin about this, you know, off, off camera, is marketing, the best marketers understand people. The best sales people out there they understand people. You want a brand to take recognition, to take hold of people. You have to understand them. You have to understand what makes them go, their patterns, the age categories. If you're not good with people, you can put all the ads out you want. You will never succeed yep. because in order to create engagement for people to take action, to go buy a happy meal for their kid, there has to be a connection there. And exactly. the connection with buying a happy meal is, hey, you know what? If I come home with a Big Mac for my daughter, she's going to throw it in my face because she (laughs) wanted a happy meal because it comes with a toy. You know, the reaction you're going to get. And so you've created that culture among the consumers. I think McDonald's has done a very good job of that, but I don't think that's, you know, segregated just to a big corporation like Mm -hmm. McDonald's that can be your three person team of drywallers can do that for a homeowner, but you have to understand people. And the other thing is you to try to answer some of the questions about how can we help these, how can we help our viewers who are listening is you have to understand people. Like you mentioned, you have to understand copywriting and how to do it effectively because persuasive language 
dictates so many things. You know what I'm saying? If you look at an example, <clears throat> if you say, get this mattress today, only $49.99.99, whatever, the million or million dollar mattress, right? Get it today versus the new exclusive bamboo cotton blend premier mattress that helps you sleep soundly it helps you breathe like your skin won't sweat it's so like you know what i'm saying like language that sounded like, way sexier just like for the record. like get the, get the limited edition limit limited edition get the limited edition premium cottonelle cottonelle toilet paper you know you're reminding me of something this this might be your opportunity here but uh the whole idea and i I have my own position on all this and i don't know that we really want to get into it but um at the initial stages of when COVID 19 were coming in and we were talking about you know how we're going to approach dealing with it as a you know as a group they uh they put some very specific language on the websites that um were supporting this like the cdc and who and all that and uh mandatory masks became the bane of my existence because the science behind it has shown for several several years like decades and decades that there's there's the efficacy of a mask is zero um, oh, we're getting into this. Getting but here's what they said. On the website, <laughs> this is what they said. Wearing a mask may help reduce the spread of COVID-19. That's what they said. May. So that one word had to be changed to imply, but not say. Mm. So they have to imply that taking this action collectively can help. But we can't say that it's going to because we already know that the science says that it doesn't. So we have to put the language in a way that convinces people. And now so many people, based on that usage of language, firmly grasped on to this idea that masks are effective, not may be effective. And so it was speculative at the time. And further studies have supported the idea that they actually didn't do anything. But that language, that use of language and the way that we communicate is so important, whether that's coming from the government in a time of crisis or it's your business trying to communicate with the people that you're aiming to serve, whatever it is, the language that you're using is so, so important. And the other thing and to piggyback off of that is how are you present? How, how is your presentation? How are you presenting yourself? Right. Are you a like. When you go to the, okay, I know there's some, there's some people out there who they still do door knocking. They believe in it. I believe in it. I believe in all forms of marketing. I'm not the one type person who's like digital Facebook. Uh, like I sold no, vacuums door to door for yeah. Kirby. So like all forms <laughs> of marketing have the potential to work for you. It's just a matter of, is it right for you? It, you know, if you've tried a bunch of different things. Right. And so, uh, what I'm saying is the fact that so many people out there still go to McDonald's after we know that the data says that it's not good for you means <laughs> that there is something you are still going there for that has nothing to do with health. And it has, you know what I'm saying? That there is, for whatever reason, they are probably the most successful 
maybe Chick-fil-A is catching up at this point, but Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, and Starbucks, in my mind, are the top three, you know, food industry, beverage industries, in my opinion. And there's plenty of data to support it. But here's the thing. McDonald's, they know their food's not good, but they present it in a way that looks appealing. And they have got brand deals out the wazoo these days. I mean, you've seen it on the menu. Uh, the so-and-s, I don't even, I can't even remember what their name is, but it was a TikToker or something. The so-and-so, oh, the J, J Balvin meal. Like, like, this is a first. This is, in my opinion, this is a first. I don't see Burger King doing this. I don't see any of them doing this. Okay, I don't see Taco. I mean, Taco Bell, they lurk in the background. They lurk in the background. They have their own little thing. But (laughs) McDonald's is now, they know if they can get you to want their food because it's a status symbol, you will be a customer forever. And the thing is, and they start young with the kids, with the kid, with the happy meal. Happy meal. Okay. This meal makes you happy. So, We've all probably tasted a Happy Meal, am I right? We all agree. Okay. I still How many get one other on the people drive home from you know being yeah. out for the night sometimes? Yes. How many other people have in this planet has tasted a Happy Meal? Not everybody's eaten a kids meal at the mom and pop restaurant. They went to McDonald's, and the reason is McDonald's made it fun. They made it appealing. They made it look tasty. They made it look fun and it's cheap and it's quick. Unless you go to a certain McDonald's, they're very slow. They're usually, they okay, they've gone downhill. They're very slow compared to maybe years past. I don't know why, but whatever. The, pa- the fact is it's still fast food. It's called fast food, right? It's usually pretty consistent, consistently shitty if you go to the wrong McDonald's, consistently good if you go to the right one. But it's consistent and it's quick and it's a dollar. Let's go into that because here's the thing. Marketing is sometimes not, not, it's not, it's not sexy. You sometimes need to lose money on the front end to acquire a customer for life. And that's the thing. That's what McDonald's has done. You think that they were making big bank off of a dollar burger? Are you fucking stupid? No. They upsell that, that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They upsell. <laughs> this and is then, This is Mitch's place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I know you're ready. I know you're ready to attack. I can feel it <laughs> alpha. You're like, oh, we're ready. <laughs> okay. They literally <laughs> fucking upsell you the fries, the Coke, and the Happy Meal all at the same time. And you don't even have a kid because you have fucking Pokemon cards now and everyone is flipping Pokemon, including adults. Okay. So you have now turned a kid's meal into a adult meal as marketed as a kid's meal, because I bought it. I bought like five of them at once when I was getting the Pokemon there. Okay. Cause I was going to flip those cards. Do I had, did I flip them? Fuck no. They're still in my little box of cards. But I have the potential to flip them, okay, if I want. But the fact is, they know. They know how to get to you here and then here. 
Ooh, the stomach. They know, okay? And it's a commodity. So how can you make your business a commodity, right? If you're an insurance, people don't need insurance, but it would be a really fucking great thing if they had it, right? Including life insurance, health insurance, you know, all that. How can you market yourself to be a commodity, you know? And second thing is, you know, uh, Starbucks, when you go in there, okay, you feel rich. You feel fucking elite. And they got this little green goddess looking chick on the, on the cup. I don't know what she, I don't know what they call it, but there's nothing special about it, but it looks elite and it yeah, looks yeah. clean. It's on a white cup. Here's a tip. If you want your website to look fucking clean, look nice, sexy, looks white space, baby. Use white space and that shit will look luxe. I'm telling you with the right format, the right copy, the right video, the right images, you can make your whole website look so much more luxurious, right? Right? And so there's just these little things. So when Mitch, when when Mitch was asking how can a customer or viewer improve their, you know, improve their situation, you have to know people. You have to understand what drives a person. You have to understand psychology. You have to understand you know, there we we as marketers know certain colors convert better than others. Do you know that? No, but you can learn about it. But it's not about always you learning it all. It's about having it done for you. You know what I'm you saying? Like to run time. Time is a, everything. You have a business to run. You have employees. Exactly. You have things to make sure they run efficiently. Yes. Your operations, especially on a lower level. So and why do you want to learn about? What color converts better than the other? Why do you want to learn? Why even look up the definition of convert? Yeah, you know what's crazy about this is like all the things that you're talking about. And I, I think you'll probably relate to this, Michael. Um, th those things are interesting to me. Yeah. I'm attracted to learning about this. Oh, I yeah. kind of consider myself like a, a psychologist just without the degree. Like I didn't have to necessarily go to college, but when you sit down um, and watch, I'm probably saying a close to 200 hours easily in one year of uh, psychology professors talking about how the brain works for fun. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe that person would have something to say about uh, you know, communicating with people through visuals and, and text and video and audio and all these other things. And then you combine a level of creativity. And I imagine, weren't you in a band before? Yeah. yeah. Did you have the, did you have the like seventies hair band? Uh, no, no, no. Jury's dude, I, dude, I wish, I wish I one? had it. Okay. Uh... I, I, I did, I did a junior ROTC and I started cutting my hair short cause I had to. And it basically yeah. it stuck. I, I could never grow my hair out. I used to want to have my hair funny enough, like Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> and then secondly, Dragon Ball Z with the fucking Super Saiyan. You know what I'm saying? That was yeah. my dream hair. And then I did the I did the Jesus thing. I got to a boat here and I was like, I can't. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm not pulling that. I'm not pulling it off. That's I'm doing the, I'm doing the more mature Scott Stapp where it's like short. And yeah, if you haven't seen go. that, I did yeah. a funny uh, skit about pretending to be Scott Stapp, 
on our uh, TikTok and YouTube. So if you I want to check it out, it was, it was priceless, <laughs> dude. I was rolling. But uh, you know, um, to help the to help the viewer, to help the, the business owner, the customer, you have to know these things, okay? And you can do it. There's courses out there to teach you how, okay? I'll just shameless plug. Alpha Lead Mastery is our course to teach you how to do lead gen. And it can teach you how to do it. Facebook ads, lead generation, direct lead generation, dedicated campaigns, right? So that you can actually do this yourself. Now, do you have the ability to have a persuasive copy? Maybe you do. Maybe you are good with language arts. Maybe you're good with psychology. You know, maybe your offer is compelling because you already have a great product. You already have great testimonials. That's great. It's just going to cater to who are you? What do you have? What do you have accessible to you, right? Because the best product does not always win. The best marketed product wins, okay? McDonald's does not have the best fucking burger. They have probably the worst, one of them, but they sell billions of burgers, right? So, So what do you have that is going to convey to the customer, I have something that can solve your problem? Because people are motivated by, they need a problem solved. They want to feel different. They want to look different. They want pleasure and they want the pain to go away. Okay. So what is it? What is it for you? What is it for your customer? Right. And so you can do it. Okay. And you know, the, I don't know if you want to link it, you can, but alphaleadmastery.com is the website. If you want to, if you want to get that and I'll teach you how to do it. And we do provide strategies and some winning ads and examples and stuff like that. So you can go ahead and do that yourself. But the fact is at the end of the day, you know, if you want to long, we don't, we're not just here, Devin and I as marketers, we're not just here to have you have one winning campaign, right? We want you to have a winning brand, right? We want you to have a winning company that provides you freedom. Cause why are we in business guys? Okay, I'm in business to help people, right? But I'm also want to make some money. I want to make money so that I can have freedom, so that I can have freedom for my legacy, my kids, my family. You do too. You want freedom. Okay. There's nothing more slave, you know, slave feeling or slavery than knowing you can't pay your bills. I've been there. It fucking sucks. Okay. I've been there where I couldn't pay my fucking rent and ask my best fucking friend on the planet. You know, how humbling that is to ask your best friend, you need rent money and you got two kids. You need you. Do you have any idea how hard that is? Right. But I did it. And thank God, you know, that he obliged. Right. But let me tell you something. You need to surround yourself with people who are your ride or die. Okay. So in your business, whether you're a person or business, whatever, I don't, I don't care. If you have a business or brand, I don't care. This is life advice. If you literally want to live life to the full, you fucking surround yourself with people who give a shit about you. And they and they will tell you to your face, you're wrong, you're right, right? You, will, you need to fix this, Mike. You need to do this different. You find those people because everyone else just wants you to like them. They will tell you whatever the fuck that it is to get you to like them, which is mostly bad advice or, you know, Hey, Hey, do you like this ad? Is this good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking good. And it could suck, 
but then you just made yourself look like an ass because you posted it, right? You need people who will tell you how it is. You need a team to make your life easier, whether that's family, outside person, a, an agency, a, a virtual assistant, whoever, whoever. You need a team to help you because at the end of the day, we all have 24 hours and how you spend them is how the rest of your life will be. If you continue a pattern, if you continue to be overworked, underpaid, or you are overworked and you're paid well, but you don't ever see your kids, you never see your wife, you never see your family, what kind of fucking life is that, right? So we are here to help you, you know, to get the freedom yeah. and the time. Yeah. It's about time. So many, and it goes back to my joke about <coughs> Pappy. Pappy told me this. Pappy is dead in most cases. You still got to <laughs> live, man. You still got to find a way to make time for your kids. You still got to find a way to make time for your wife, for your boyfriend, your fiance, your girlfriend, whatever gender. I don't care. Okay. Your time is everything. So why waste time fucking learning all this shit? Just to know it, you should be executing on what you're good at, what you are destined for. My perception, I was fucking shit at math, okay, back in school. I had, I, but I, I graduated with A's and B's, whatever. But in my opinion, I was shit in math, right? But the point is, why was my parents constantly trying to get me to get an A in fucking math when I, sh I was never going to get an A in math? They should have given me tutors in the shit I was really good at so I could be fucking amazing at it. You know what I'm saying? You, the world tries to turn your weaknesses into strengths. And me, me, me. Fuck that. Your weaknesses are weakness for a fucking reason, my friend. And that is because you need a team to help you. And I'm not even talking about selling me mean marketing services. I mean, I fucking love Fast and the Furious. Okay. It's my fucking jam. Jennifer's jam. Fast. I look, we watched that a couple weeks ago, dude. Dom has a team. We like family. Do you think <laughs> that Elon Musk knows how to build a rocket ship? He fucking might, but you know what? He doesn't want to waste the time. I think he's, he's capable busy. of learning how to do it, but I don't think that he wants to do it. I think that he wants to run a multi-billion dollar rocket ship company. But who does? Would that would be cool. Yeah. How, how would he benefit turning a screwdriver? Like, where, right. does that get him more money? Does that make him rich? Does it not yeah. even about money? Does it get him to the goal that he wants to achieve? And at the end of the day, some people. My biggest thing that uncloaked this person you see is know thyself, know yourself. You know, God put you on the planet and I curse and all that, but I have faith. God put you on the planet to make a difference and to help people. Okay. To love people, and to make a change for the universe. Okay. And you have a part to play. And so not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur, not everybody's meant, but they are helping another. And if that guy cranking that screw helped Elon Musk get us to Mars, that fucking guy cranking that screw had a purpose and he did a great, a great service. You have to understand who you are. Are you that guy who wants to be part of the team to help the team effort? Or do you want to have the reins? Do you want to have the reins? Do you want to be the visionary? Do you want to be the goal setter? Do you want that? 
And I think so many people would be happier if they just understood themselves without judgment. It's okay to like, just like to work on cars and not have millions of dollars. That's cool. It's fine. But for those of you who are driven, who are fucking like, I got to have freedom. I got to, and if freedom for you is a million, great. great. If it's 10 million, great. If it's a hundred thousand, great, but know yourself. And if you're the business owner, you know yourself. You're like, I'm never going to, I never have time for this shit. I I barely see, I know roofers, man. They barely have time for their kids. They have barely have time for family. So me choosing to work with this industry is a service. I almost, almost humanitarian because I understand how hard it is for them. I've never been a roofer, but I see their pain. I know them personally, right? Some confide in me. I understand. Right. And so if, if, no matter what service you're doing, okay, if you're a marketing, sales, your product development, uh, you do whatever, do some shit that helps some people because that is going to make you feel amazing inside. At the end of the day, the guy who helped make the first ever rocket to go to, mo- to the moon, if you want to go in, you know, if you want to talk about the moon landing, we can talk about that. But the fact is we fucking know we got internet, don't we? We got satellites, whoever, whoever's like all these people debating, oh, no, the moon landing happened. I don't care. We have fucking internet and that happened from satellites and shit. So whoever built that changed my life because we're talking right now. You know what I'm saying? We're talking because of them. So know who you are, know what you should be spending your time on and then give the rest away, delegate it. There's so many available, you know, things to do these days there's people that want things to do there's people that want to be a part of something important and maybe they're they don't believe that they have the capacity to make the decisions or maybe they just don't even want to like i know my girlfriend there are there are conversations that we've had on a number of times where i'm like because i'm entrepreneurial in spirit my dad's a serial entrepreneur this is just part of who i was when i talk to her about starting her own business it's like that's not what i want to do i want to be you know uh second in command i want to be the person that kind of helps that person achieve that thing because that's i, I just like being there yeah. i like being a sidekick and i'm like wow i completely admire how honest you are with yourself and with the world yes. around you and how that's impacted the decisions that you've made in your life and the life that you're shaping for yourself and if you can do that and be happy i fully support that and um, people before- Yeah, real quick. People misconstrue when I say be alpha, when Jennifer says be alpha, right? We want you to be the alpha of your life. That doesn't always mean you got to be the company owner. That doesn't always mean you got to be a CEO. That doesn't always mean you have to have millions in a Lamborghini and all this shit. Okay. Being a fucking alpha is know yourself and help people and do the right thing. Okay. And tell people tell you, you can't, you fucking shove it and you say, yeah, the fuck I can. Let me show you how. And you prove it and you do it if it makes you happy. Some people will do things that, that just to prove something and it doesn't make them happy. No, 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 no. Your happiness is everything. And the people around you, your small circle, your family, your friends, whatever, your family is the most important. And that's the one thing I love Fast and the Furious. His friends became his family. And that's all they talk about. Family first. Uh. Brian, yeah. <laughs> okay 
You know what I'm saying? But my wife has a, a spider page now, and it's got a spider dangling from Vin Diesel's arm, and it's like we're all family. <laughs> it cracked me up so hard, dude. Oh, but I'm great. just like, but the point is, know yourself because so many people today are literally wasting their life trying to live their their parents' dream for them, or they're trying to live someone else's life and they're not their own. And the so, life that somebody told them they should have. Yeah. Exactly. But they know deep down, that's not the life I want for myself. There's yeah. a life outside of that. Being um, alpha is about that. It's about know yourself, treat yourself well, treat others well, help this planet. Okay. And then use your gifts because if you can use your gifts and you can monetize them, or even if you can't monetize them, use your gifts because somebody out there needs you. And it's important to actually show up and be there. So you go ahead. 100%. Uh, before we wrap things up here, uh, we, we promised aliens. So what's, what's yeah, dude. On Let's these do it. classified documents? <laughs> do I need to bring my screen share over here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so are aliens visiting us or are we aliens? What do you, what's your take on that? Fuck, dude. Oh, the, the real question is, are we a simulation like Elon Musk talking about? Because here's here's the thing. I have you seen the Matrix, by the way? Yeah. The Matrix and like V for Vendetta. Yeah, I probably keep flashing this, but it's like a V for Vendetta tattoo. I can't, I'll show it some other time, whatever. But the fact is, V for Vendetta and the Matrix are so it's so real, dude. And and the Matrix idea is like, you know, I we live in this alternate dimension, blah blah, blah and like you're not really awake. Well, the thing about it is, man, it's like I know because of personal experience and this ties into spirituality because so many people think, Oh, aliens are demons if they're real. Right. And I uh, know I was raised Catholic and I actually, I never confirmed Catholic or anything, but uh, I, you know, I have faith-based beliefs. Okay. That are, you know, Christian based, but I honestly don't care. I don't fall into the category anymore either. Cause I have a whole nother podcast. So I could talk about that because I've been through some serious shit. And I know at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're Muslim, Christian, whatever, you're responsible for your actions and how you treat people and your love for people or your hate for people. And so the alien conversation is like, you know, some people think, oh, it's just evil spirits and blah, blah, blah. Well, dude, you know, I don't know because. Mm -hmm who are the who the hell are we to think that we're the only people on the fucking universe first of all isn't that a little con isn't that a little arrogant the audacity we we're the only <laughs> fucking people out there there's a whole theory about the whole uh what the hell is it called it was one of the landings in like nevada or something talking about like uh uh it's on the men in black they talk about all that but basically like about how we there's a theory that we got a lot of the technology we got because of uh in, you know interacting with aliens and they Reverse in exchange, engineering their in stuff. exchange for letting them test some of us people that they gave us some technology i don't know but to me it's possible because the way i see it you know i was watching peaky blinders the other day i don't know if you watch any of that any of that shit but dude this is like in the 1900s Okay. And they had like horses and dirt roads and buildings and stills and all this stuff. 
like human beings are so fucking amazing like that we can create anything the fact that we created this okay even if we got some form of help from the aliens we still had to execute on that shit and get it to do, to do its thing right you still have to have human humans we we are literally goes back to the matrix we are literally like human resources we're resources for the planet like we are worker bees in our own sense, whatever, but whatever we do, we are creating something powering this planet. Right. So in the matrix, they were talking about, you probably, you know, about, you don't know talk about powering the, the robots, powering the robots with so humans turn into batteries, you know, Morpheus, all that stuff. But the fact is the, the human being and the human spirit is like the most freaking amazing thing on the planet. And it's cooler than aliens. Because in my opinion, the fact that we can even have this conversation without being in the same room is insane. Right. And so, but to think that, to think that we're the only people here is completely bullshit. So uh, there was this theory that I I just was introduced to, and I can't, I can't sleep anymore because I I keep thinking about this. There are um, multi-dimensions. Let's just say. uh, I agree with us. Be because of the multi-dimensional things some things should exist and um they they have a specific function or role to play inside of the grander scheme of things that is infinite that we as a, a as a human can't even begin to comprehend what infinite even is so the idea is um that because we're conscious and we're aware of our consciousness we're an anomaly and there's something wrong with that. And the aliens um, have been interacting with us, trying to figure out if we're the mistake or if they're the mistake and where the anomaly is. And ha- and so right now we're at this uh, precipice where there is a necessity for us collectively now to be consciously aware of and interact on a on a more reliable uh in a more reliable way with said alien party to get to the bottom of this and they can't get to the bottom of it without all of us collectively being consciously aware of it and having it completely confirmed and then from there there's more tests and things that they have to do to figure out whether or not because we're aware of being aware are we the anomaly or are we an extension of um, you know, the bigger, th- the bigger thing in the sense of like, you know, we're, we were born in the image of God or whatever there. I think that there's some truths in the spiritual stuff that was like created back in the day to explain a lot of how we saw the world and, and, and really how that got miscommunicated or tra- mistranslated over the, you know, centuries of us communicating and writing things down. Like who's to say the hieroglyphs mean what they mean. We, we just assigned thing. them like nobody actually knows. We just no. created patterns and assigned this stuff. So we're so limited as far as the expanse of our knowledge, even though we have this technology to put satellites in orbit around the earth so that we can communicate the way that we're communicating right now. We're still so very limited in that information. I just love the idea that maybe we're an anomaly and we're like an extension of the source energy that created all things. If you if you want to get some extra hits on this video, say the word. We're gonna say the word Bob Lazar. Okay. Yeah. Now now, now SEO is going to push us. Yeah. 
up the ladder okay but so all like, the conspiracy theorist business people like, that's a perfect crossover perfect. i don't mind it at all perfect. <laughs> well hey dude if we, we fit right in elon musk's always on the twitter talking about the shit you know what i'm saying yeah like, yeah you know, he, he would and okay you really want to get some seo ranking El- okay elon musk is an alien hybrid his family okay one of his parents is alien the other's not that's a theory right there <laughs> He makes a lot of jokes about the shit all the time. <laughs> oh, maybe that's he why he's speaks, trying to get to Mars, dude. The Is way he, he like speaks, actually a Superman story here where dude, he, he has to get back to his people and save the day? The way he speaks is so fucking frightening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I watched about Joe Rogan. Yeah. He was just like, you know, I think it's <laughs> I can't even do. I'll, Jen, or, Jen and I are going to try to come up with like a skit to make do this. But dude, oh, like Eckhart Tolle. Have you ever tried to listen to Eckhart Tolle? Yes, I have. Actually. Man, is it ever painful? It, yeah. It's one one word every fourteen seconds, and I'm ADD, so I, men- I really need. Like I listen to audiobooks on three times speed, and and it's clear and comprehensible to me. And most people can't even make it out. But when you hear this guy talk, it's like I can't even it's brutal the thing well the thing about it is he's so well elon musk is like he's so intellectual that he's his brain is like processing like a million times faster than like the supercomputers and so that he's like speaking in these like cryptic ass ways like i don't know it is the way i think about it and he also is an introvert right so like and also the higher the intellect a lot of times some people i think he mentioned he has asperger's or something like that uh believe it or not but some people just like super intellectual and it just can't communicate with people like normally he's at least not he's not like unable to do it but it's just like he, so, I, 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 I think that there's a theory there i think he's hybrid okay I, i've noticed that say? he struggles almost and i think about it in terms of like he's got this really really complex thing that if you knew what he knew you'd understand and so he could just say it the way he knows it but that he struggles to like take it and simplify it yes. in a way that's going to be understandable to like because we wouldn't get it public. right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so, you know what i mean but i don't know i think the alien thing man like uh i think it's real but the, th- the real question is this why is the government declassifying it now because it's not like no one fucking knew this before Okay, so why now? So that's my big question is why now? Because in most situations, just history, this isn't even conspiracy. This is fucking factual. And most people who like claim and call conspiracy theory on people, they just need to get in a fucking book and look at some shit and look at the the news (laughs) and look in the loop and look at the news. Because, you know what I'm saying? Is like the the data is there for the taking. Unless they suppress it, which Google actually has been known to do, which is why a lot of people use DuckDuckGo. And I don't know why, but that's, that's uh, it depends on how deep you are into the conspiracy world, because, the, right. you know, the people that own everything that the world functions on, they're yeah. in control of the messages that we get. Yeah. And that thing, too. <laughs> and that's a thing. So, like, that's the thing, too. And so with social media, since we, this was a big theme, um, I'm kind of skipping from aliens to, to whatever, but. But really, um, the thing about it is social media is like a vacuum. You're stuck hearing everyone's opinion who already thinks the way you do. And you're hearing nothing new. Literally, once the algorithm zones in on you, 
They know what kind of shit you like to watch. They know what kind of shit you listen to. They know what you agree with. You're stuck in a vacuum. To you. Cognitive bias. So, yeah. So, exact. So, that's a danger, too. So, the thing about that is there are social media platforms out there that are developing. Uh, and, you know, uh, I actually ran into one of the guys who's uh, uh, here in Frisco. His name's Yasser. Uh, can't think of the last name, but he, supposedly he has developed a new app with Donald Trump for free speech in America. Right. So yeah, he's got a fucking sick Lamborghini. It's like fucking red and it's flat. It's fucking amazing. So I, I, I know this guy, like, right. So, but the fact is he he's developing technology and apps to give free speech. Right. And so that's a big issue right now is free speech speaker. And also algorithms, man, is like the fact that you're getting served the same kind of shit. So how are you going to learn anything new? And it comes back to get out of your own hometown. But now we have our hometowns on our phone, mm-hmm. right? Because I had to leave my hometowns. I say towns because I had quite a few. I had to leave my hometowns, man, to like get where I am now and like where I want to be. Because you have so many people say the same shit to you over and over again. Oh, you just need to get a nice house. Oh, you just need to get a nice dog and have your kids and get a raise, blah, blah, blah. And just live it life. Live life. Dude, fuck that, man. Like, you I'm are, you adventure, are, dude. Like, dude, I gotta do exactly. shit. You literally, they say it for a reason. You like to, you are the five people you hang out with. Yeah. Or, you know, or that you listen to, if you want to go that far. Well, and welcome, welcome to the family. Yeah. Hey, yo, hey. <laughs> On hey, that th- note, thanks uh, for having me on. I appreciate your time there. Appreciate it. Uh, hold on. <laughs> uh, that's a perfect place to leave this. Um, this might be broken into two parts. I don't know. I, I think yeah. we'll just Joe Rogan this one. We'll just let it be. And if you guys watch it all the way to the end, thank you very much. I can do it. Sticking man. through it and um, splice it in the, there at the beginning, and then we'll yeah, intrigue yeah. And listen to all <laughs> we'll the. We'll do the alien shit. thing first. <laughs> Uh, if you got any questions, you want to know anything uh, about what we're talking about, or you want to see a guest, or you just want to say hi and drop a line, you can email us at email the perspective at gmail.com. Uh, make sure you share this with a friend, tag somebody who wants to hear about it or needs to hear about it. Um, comment any questions you got and we'll take care of you. Um, all of us are kind of in a pretty tight social circle. So if you got a question for Michael, I'm sure he's going to see it. He'll get involved. If not, we'll tag him in it and get him involved as well. Um, and until next time, we will see you guys on the next episode. Appreciate you guys. Be alpha.